Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's the Opposition Research Podcast on HawkeyeNation.com. Welcome to the Opposition Research Podcast here on HawkeyeNation.com. My name is Andrew Downs. Each week I'll find a beat reporter, blogger, or broadcaster that covers Iowa's upcoming opponent. If you have a suggestion for who I should talk to in a given week, or if you have any questions you'd like me to ask, you can find me on Twitter at Andrew C. Downs. Let's get to this week's game, an 11 a.m. kick in Lincoln, Nebraska on Black Friday. The Heroes Trophy on the line. Iowa at Nebraska on CBS. Last check, Nebraska, about a two and a half point favorite. And my guest today covers Nebraska for KLI and radio and Husker Max. It's Caleb Henry. What's up, Caleb? Hey, AD. Always good to talk with you. Uh, Same here. I always appreciate it. Uh, Before we get to the specifics of this week's game, wrapping up year one of the Matt Rule era. Overall, is there more of a positive feeling around the program than in the past few years? Yeah, I think there is. I, I think there, there's a feeling that things are going in, in the right direction. It's a little bit sour right now, simply because the, the team entered November needing one game to get bowl eligible uh, for the first time in a lot of our kids' lifetimes um, and still looking for bowl eligibility. So it, it feels a little bit a lot of the same at the end of the year right now. Uh, and some of that being... Uh, coaching decisions that people have disagreed with, myself included, or maybe just personnel and execution. But, but overall, from from watching the team, and maybe it's still the honeymoon phase of a year one, it feels a little bit better than the way things had gone the last several years. And I guess at the very least, it's it's the start of a, a you know tenure, not the end of a tenure. And so there, there's always that, <laughs> exactly. that level of positivity. And, <laughs> you know, a, a lot of reasons that Nebraska would want to beat Iowa. But but right at the top of that list has to be what you just mentioned, becoming bowl eligible. That feels like it'd be a significant step in Matt Rule's first season. It, it does. And, and there's and, and more than just going, it, it's anyone's first season and you want to get to that bowl game and you want to get those extra practices. When Rule was hired a year ago this month, because it was announced the day after the Iowa game, which was insane to have an interim coach win that game. And then the next day we're all like, oh, we know who the head coach is going to be. And it's not that guy. Um, So you have Matt Rule hired uh, a year ago, the week of this game. And the athletic director, Trev Alberts, comes out and says, everything branding around the hire is a program builder and development and that's what Matt Rule does and he comes in and he talks about the process and wanting to develop guys and and take them from where they are to where they want to be obviously the NFL is a, a big dream for a lot of guys and, and who he's taken there and those types of things a bowl game is it, it's great to get there but those 15 extra practices are part of that development part of that program building and if you miss out on that especially at the end of year 1 it's just golden opportunity that would be wasted to get a lot of those young guys just extra reps to build the program 
so that he can launch it into a year two. Chubba Purdy showed some flashes in that overtime loss at Wisconsin last week and certainly early in the game. Is is he going to be the starter this week? And if so, what should we expect to see from him? Yeah, he is. As a matter of fact, Matt Rule announced that Purdy will be the starter, which is a little bit strange because we haven't had that declaration over the course of the whole year. If anyone gets a hold of the depth chart, it, it says Chubba Purdy or Heinrich Harburg or <laughs> Jeff Sims. And the big old or has been there over the course of the entire season. And, and Purdy is the third Husker quarterback to start a game for uh, for this season. I think you'll see uh, it won't quite be the same as what Jeff Sims and Heinrich Harburg ran, where you'd get a lot of speed option with some stuff. And, and But Purdy is still going to run the ball. He ran for over 100 against Wisconsin. Yeah, 50 of that came on one scramble <laughs> but, but it's still you got to add all of that up uh, take the rest of his runs and that's still a quarterback running for more than 50 yards and it, they weren't a lot of designed runs for him it think a little bit Brett Farvish where he he does pretty well off schedule if they can get him out on the edge and he likes to to run around and look kind of playground ish um he is the best passer on, on in that quarterback room for Nebraska He's got the best touch, not a lot of arm power, though, so he's not going to push the ball downfield. And it's not like Nebraska has thrown the ball particularly well downfield. Only a couple of throws um, have gone in the air more than 30 yards anyway, and those are usually guys that were just completely wide open or, as we uh, like to refer to, a lot of the turnovers Nebraska had for several weeks. They were just arm punts. And I know Iowans love punts. Well, we figured out how to do it with an arm, apparently, not just the foot. <laughs> yeah, and you, and you mentioned that that playground, that backyard football, as Brian Ferentz called it last year. I, I wouldn't like mm-hmm. that on on our side of the ball. Um, yeah. so, so, you know, just kind of looking at the stats, seems like a fairly balanced offensive attack, although, you know, 16 rushing touchdowns is quite a bit. How, how balanced are these attacks, the, the passing and running game, and then kind of who should we be looking for as Nebraska's most dangerous weapons offensively? It's going to be a run game, and, and it's, it's going to be a run game with passes mixed in. It's not quite to, to the point where, like Iowa will want to lean run and then play action. Nebraska will run a lot of it, even if it's in the run game, will run a lot of it out of shotgun, but they'll go under center more than what you saw under Scott Frost. And it, because Anthony Grant, who was the third string running back, um, he hurt his ankle, I believe it was, in overtime this last week, you're going to see a lot of Emmett Johnson, true freshman, um, if anyone missed stuff from earlier in the year, Nebraska's top two running backs both had season-ending injuries. So it's just another depleted room in that backfield. You're going to get a healthy dose of Emmett Johnson, and he's shown flashes, but he is he's not a heavy guy back there. So you can't just go workhorse and give him 20 carries. So Nebraska's going to have to fi- figure out a way if they can get several from Anthony Grant or if Quint or if uh, yeah Quentin Ives is another true freshman, if he's able to travel, I don't know if he is or not travel. I guess it's at home. Um, what they're able to do with those running backs, it's all going to be either young guys or a banged up Anthony Grant. Now they do have Billy Kemp, slot receiver. He missed a, a couple of weeks. He also does punt returns. They can find a way to get him the ball in space. He's really dangerous. 
Um, but they got to get him the ball first. And there's a lot of times that this offense hasn't dialed up a whole lot to, to do that. And then there are a couple of really good freshman wideouts as well. Malachi Coleman, local kid from right here in Lincoln. He was a four-star recruit out of high school. Big, big kid, really fast. He can get down the field. Also, Jalen Lloyd, who was a state champion sprinter, and he will be on the, he's going to be on the track team as well coming in. I think he's put on some weight, so I don't know how well that's going to go. And then you have Thomas Fedoni out of, uh, out of Council Bluffs, tight end. He's had several drops on the year, but if you're looking for someone who, who could be really, really dangerous if he gets going, that's finding Fedoni across the middle. And, and he's made some, some people pay with his catches. He's got a couple touchdowns on the year, but a lot of that came with Harburg at quarterback because those guys are roommates. Purdy threw the ball really well to Kemp. So I, I would say if you had to key in on a couple of guys on offense, it's going to be the run game with Emmett Johnson, what kind of scramble and running around Purdy can do and getting the ball to Kemp outside as, as much as possible, not so much downfield. Caleb, it was all the way back in September that Michigan put up a big score on Nebraska. Really, since then, the defense <laughs> has been been pretty stout. I mean, looks downright great in, in those wins. What, what players or position groups have been the strength on that side of the ball? Defensive line has, has been something that I know we, we've got a lot of folks that were, were trying to find where was going to be the strength coming into the season, and it looked like linebacker, maybe a little bit of the secondary – but the defensive line has played really, really well. With guys like Ty Robinson, who just this week announced he's going to come back and use that COVID year instead of test the NFL. And he's anchored that middle. And it's not going to show up a lot in the stats. If anyone likes to just kind of look through those, there's not a lot of sacks or tackle for loss or just overall tackles. But I can guarantee when you're watching that game, you'll see – that Iowa will double-team Ty Robinson because they have to. And if they don't, he's disruptive enough that he'll get into the backfield. Um, Nash Hutmaker right there in the middle as well has done a lot of damage. Now for the linebackers, there's been a big rotation of guys. We just learned this week that Nick Henrich suffered another, uh, another torn ligament, so his season is done. He had a big rehab out of last year and uh, there, there was a lot around that, so th- it, that kind of stinks for another guy to see an injury. And I know uh, for you guys in Iowa, you guys have seen those those season-ending oh, yeah. injuries and how brutal that is for guys, especially when they're beloved in the way some of these guys are. Uh, but you're still going to get a lot of uh, a lot of Luke Reimer at at uh, at linebacker, and then in the in the secondary, you still have Quentin Newsom, who's in his last year, although. The stats don't don't show up a lot because a lot of coordinators game plan to not throw his direction. But Marquise Buford, he's going to play just his fourth game of the season, but he started most of the year coming back from an injury that he had suffered. So he's not lighting up the, the stats from what folks are going to look at for season leaders across the Big Ten. He's not going to be all-conference or anything like that, but he is one of Nebraska's leaders. He was the the number one tackler against Wisconsin. He had double-digit tackles from the secondary. So Nebraska's got a lot of guys out there that really came on and developed with this new staff. And um, (laughs) Gosh, you guys have had the same staff forever, so you haven't had to go through and figure out how many changes there are. We're used to this in Lincoln now. But to, to, to go from 
what you had already had with a defensive coordinator under Eric Janander, and then in the middle of the season, it switches to the special teams coordinator, uh, becomes the DC last year with Bill Bush, and then now you turn things over to Tony White, and these guys have picked it up and jumped to the new system with that three-three-five, and they're playing really, really well, especially when they send pressure. If Nebraska doesn't send pressure then quarterbacks have had enough time to just find the the little bit of weak weak spots in the defense. You know, hey, it's it's Groundhog's Day over here on in, in Iowa covering this Hawkeye team, and and they're going <laughs> to do what they always do. The Hawkeyes are try and make this game low scoring, keep it mostly mistake free. Uh, they haven't forced a ton of turnovers this year like they typically do, but uh, they've capitalized when they have. It, it'll be a, a one possession game most likely sometime in the fourth quarter. Special teams <laughs> will be important. Uh, is is Nebraska equipped to win a game like this? No, I can just tell you no. If, if Nebraska, it, it, like, and that's a, that's a thing that we talked about on our show uh, multiple times this week. If Nebraska goes into this game and tries to Iowa the hell out of it, mm-hmm. Iowa is too good at doing that. Like yep. you, you can't. Um, and and if you try to make it a battle between Taylor and Bushini, Iowa is going to win that field position by ten twenty yards a pop. To where you're just going to line up and be able to kick field goals, and it'll end up being nine to three if Nebraska's lucky. And and so no, Nebraska's not going to be able to go through and just play field position. It's been a really odd year for Nebraska's special teams. Seemed like things took a step forward a year ago, and then took two or three steps back this year. Brian Bushini kicked really well last year, and this year his punts are way way down. Um, he averaged under 40 yards a punt against Wisconsin. He, he's been the difference maker uh, from the wrong end of it in several games over the course of the year because so much of the Big Ten West has played with field position. And Nebraska hasn't really threatened with their punt return either. Uh, the punt return game lost Nebraska the game against Michigan State uh, simply by not returning balls and just fair catching everything, even with 20 yards out in front of themselves. So. I think if you go through what Nebraska has to do to be successful, still has to do the right things, not turn the ball over on offense, play good defense. At some point, you're going to have the punter's going to be out there, so you just hope for the best. But what Nebraska is going to have to do is try to push the envelope a little bit with the offense and hope that that you can get get a touchdown quick and then play with a lead a little bit and then run the ball and hope you're you're playing from that direction. But if it comes down to whether or not Nebraska's punter is better than Iowa's, that's just not going to work out. Well, it should be an interesting, if if not always, entertaining game. But Iowa fans are used to that. I have a feeling Nebraska fans have been through some of that as well. He is uh, Caleb Henry. You can check him out, KLI and Radio and Husker Max, HuskerMax.com. Give him a follow on Twitter, I, Caleb Henry. I enjoy following him there. Uh, Caleb, thank you as always for the time, man. Happy Thanksgiving and uh, enjoy the game Friday. Hey, I'm looking forward to it, AD. Happy to have all the Iowa folks here in Lincoln. And uh, let's just hope it's a, it's a fun game as the weather turns a little colder. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, ma'am. There it is. Should be an interesting game. I mean, I like Iowa's chances much like I've liked them uh, over the last few games. Uh, if, if Iowa can make this game, uh, played at their tempo, at their speed, 
uh, they're going to, as, as Caleb just said, if if anybody tries to out Iowa, Iowa, uh, they're going to be in trouble. And, and I think Nebraska will necessarily have to do that. And I don't think it's going to work. I like the Hawkeyes uh, to get that 10th win and roll into the Big Ten championship game uh, on a winning streak. We'll have it covered from all angles at HawkeyeNation.com. Won't have a Hawkeye Nation radio show this week uh, due to Thanksgiving. Uh, but uh, Joe Schmelke and I will be back a week from now to talk about the Big Ten Championship game. And uh, again, go to HawkeyeNation.com to check out everything we got going on there. I appreciate you listening, and go Hawks!